Thank you for listening to Evolution of a Black Girl podcast, where we highlight Black women trailblazers and history makers past, present, and future. I'm your host, Morgan Ava McCoy-Harris, actress, author, filmmaker, and creator of award-winning one-woman show, Evolution of a Black Girl from the Slave House to the White House. If you received some inspiration from today's podcast, please leave a review and let me know. I want to hear from you. Brought to you by Star Shoutout. Star Shoutouts are great for birthdays, holidays, or any special occasion. So choose your star and personalize your Star Shoutout today at StarShoutout.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Evolution of a Black Girl Getting Better Every Day. We have with us Janet James, a licensed Virginia attorney since 1999. She worked in Virginia state government from 2005 to 2019. And in 2019, she retired from full-time employment to serve as a caregiver for her best friend and husband, Frederick A. James, until his passing in 2022. Janet's background includes conducting informal conferences part-time for the Department of Education, works as a state licensing consultant for the Department of Social Services from 2016 to 2019, and volunteered for legal aid. In other state government roles, Ms. James served as state legal services developer for the Commonwealth and facilitated broad stakeholder support across the state to increase access to legal services for older adults. She, along with others, coordinated a state application for a sizable federal grant Virginia was subsequently awarded the grant and Janet successfully administrated the multi-year grant to completion. There's so many amazing things that I can tell you about this woman, but the main thing that I'm really honored because I personally know her is that she is a dynamic woman of God. And uh, whenever you have an opportunity to speak to her or be in her presence, you are encouraged. And so ladies who are listening today, I am excited to introduce you to the one, the only Jeanette James, thank you so much, Janet. I appreciate you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. yes. And I, I want to, um, there's so many, you know, honestly, I've known you for several years now, but in reading your bio, I learned so much about you and I'm just uh, really grateful for your heart for people. And I want, I want us to talk about, um, a couple of seasons. I would like for us to talk about how did you become you? Can you tell us a little bit of your backstory? You as look, take us back to you as a little girl. Did you say, I want to help people and I want to become an attorney? Did you know at five years old that this is what you were going to be doing? Um, and uh, that you'll be advocating for people or how did that, that process go? And, and I definitely, so we're going to talk about you the past. Then we want to talk about the present, the foundation that you have and how that got birthed. But I would really be interested in knowing a little bit of your backstory. Oh, absolutely. So I was one of five children uh, born in Washington, D.C., Northeast. Um, My parents, um, they, like any other young couple, they were in love and all the rest of that. But then the pressures of family and the culture at that time and just... It was uh, difficult for um, men of color, you know, I mean, if we're going to be honest about it. So I'm not making excuses for why, you know, my dad became a really um, severe alcoholic, but subsequently, you know, he had to to leave um, so he wouldn't hurt us. So you're growing up in that environment. You go from there to um, we were able to move to Maryland. 
um, through a program they had to help um, low-income people. And that's when I started watching like Perry Mason. And I just thought it was so cool that you could use the law. And it didn't matter if you were eloquent or this. Raymond Burr, of course, he was eloquent. But what I saw was something that could be predictable and that you could use to help people who were accused of something. And if they didn't get a good defense, you know, they could wind up going to jail. So that really was the little spark. But then, you know, life happens and, you know, you grow up and then you go to college and you start seeing things as they really are. And so I was so tired, Morgan, of being poor (laughs) that once I graduated from um, college, I said, you know what? I'm not going to law school. I want to make some money. And so insurance came along and I was able to make a lot of money. Great American dream. Woo-hoo! And then fast forward some more, you find out that great American dream can be very short-lived. So I actually, when I had lost everything, I got downsized um, from the insurance industry had two, you know, still small daughters by that point. First marriage had not worked out. And um, I remember thinking that, okay, this is it. So you lose the house, you lose the car, you take the kids out of private school. And I'm poor again, food stamps, subsidized housing. I'm just like, how could this happen in America? So long story short, I go back to law school at almost 40 years old because I had lost everything. And so I could take a risk. Hey, you know what? I've hit bottom. um, And so I may as well go back to school. And so that was a long way to answer your question. But that's how I just kind of the road to becoming a lawyer, I'll put it that way. Yes, ma'am. Man, listen, that was better than a Perry Mason story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm sure there's someone that is listening. You said something very powerful. I lost everything so I could take a risk. Sometimes, you know, sometimes when you lose it all, we think, that it's the end. But sometimes that's just God setting us up for a new beginning. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow. I'm so proud of you to at, at almost 40 to say, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, this dream that once was there, it's still here. And I'm going to take the risk. And what a positive example for your daughters to see you. Yeah pursue that dream, you know, and to know, and for anybody that's listening, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, wherever you are at this stage of life, if there's something on the inside of you, do it, right? Yeah. I just call for you to do it. Um, So, you know, and I'm I'm really intrigued when I, I got an email from you about the John 17 Foundation. And I would love, I'm really, really excited about the vision that God has given you 
there's so much that you've done in your career in the past in the legal field. And I didn't even know about the insurance field. I mean, man, you have a whole a whole one woman show yourself. Uh, <laughs> but can you tell us, you know, how did and again, my condolences for the the I, I don't even want to say the loss, but I know he I know we know where he is in the transition of your husband. Um, but even for someone that is going through a similar situation and, and, and dealing with grief, how has your process been and um, how did God give you this this uh, this new baby of, of what you're called to do right now? Well, when my husband passed July 26, and I'm saying husband because he was my husband, but he was also my best friend. I'm telling you, I got married again at almost 50. And I wasn't looking for it. I had given up by then. My girls were grown up. They didn't need a dad anymore. And then God sends me this man. Well, actually, he sent me to him uh, at Manna Christian Fellowship Church. Went as a visitor and uh, less than a year later, I think, yeah. So meet this man. So he was my best friend. So yes, he was my husband, but oh my goodness, it's just a real marriage, a real love. Oh, awesome. So anyway, um, he was 10 years older than me, but we had been through so much Morgan that I just, it was a surprise when he passed. I mean, we had been to the emergency room multiple times for different things, and it never occurred to me we weren't coming back home together. So the first bit of it was a shock. And you talk about the good part of John 17, 2023, about us being one. I saw it when my husband passed. I'm talking Man of Christian Fellowship Church. We hadn't been at that church since 2019. They just surrounded me because we were a family. And then our new church here, New Life Global, they surrounded me because we're family. And so I had so much support that at one point I had to, okay, y'all just leave me alone there. (laughs) I got to process this. So in God helping me to process that, because you got to talk to God, you know, it's like God. You know, I, um, you you know me, um, and so I need your help through this. And so, in the process, Morgan, after I got over the initial shock, we gave him a, a wonderful home going celebration, all of that. I'm asking God, okay, so what do I do now? I've gone from being a, a full time caregiver, and you can love somebody, but I will tell you, caregiving can be difficult and it can be emotionally draining. So I went from what seemed like a 120 hour week to nothing, you know, because I just told people, leave me alone for a little while. And so I'm asking God, what does he want me to do? And he starts bringing up things that were near and dear to Fred and I, and that's the body of Christ. And I heard the John 17 foundation, and I knew exactly what that meant, because this wasn't an overnight, oh, I'm a widow now, you know, I need to do something meaningful. No, this was God, this was God's plan for me now. 
So I went from feeling helpless, Morgan, like, you know, if the body of Christ is not together, what can I do? I'm just some little old person too. You know what? I can't do it. But if Jesus prayed, let them be one like we are one so that the world will believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I'm just like, okay, wait. I don't have to do, yes, I'm the the incubator, if you want to call it that, but it's God's heart. Um, So I was like, okay, uh, Lord, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but if you help me, I will do what you put in my heart to do. And Morgan, he's been helping me. And it's so exciting. Um, So thank you for having me to share, because I just think something is shifting in in the body of Christ for good. Yes. So, okay, I'm going to calm down. Okay. Okay. What? Did I answer your question or did I? Yes, get- you said. No, okay. yes, you did. I'm, I'm saying amen, amen, but, you know, I'm on mute so the people can't. So it wouldn't interrupt you. That's so powerful. And I love how our God gives us purpose. And what you said is is spot on that in our own strength and our own ability, that this is something that might be too big for you by yourself to do it, but you don't have to do it alone. God is right. God is calling you to do it and his spirit is going to empower you and connect you with the right people to make it happen exactly how he, he wants it to be. So I'm so thankful for your yes, you know, that because we have to play a part in what God has called us to do. We have to say yes. <laughs> we, yeah. have to, we have to take his hand and let him lead us. So what has he shown you? I know it's, you're in the found, you know, the, the foundational process of it, of getting started. But what 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 do you see? Um, how can people support this or how can people join and be a part? What do you see? taking place first with the John 17 Foundation? Well, first, as a preliminary, it's like, don't be afraid if you feel like a misfit. And so there were a lot of years before I got married, I felt like a misfit. Like once I got married, I could be, okay, this is what a wife is supposed to do. But before that, you can feel like a misfit. And so, but God, he has these awesome plans that nobody can do better than us. And it's trusting him and patience. And so the best thing people can do is pray. And that's not some little accolade. No, I'm saying prayer is real. And I know that you know that, Morgan, because you prayed before we started. And I'm like, this woman knows God. So what we can do is when we're praying for our family, you extend it to the body of Christ. Lord, I thank you for watching over my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. I thank you that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. I thank you that you know the plans that you have for them. And I pray not only for my family, but I pray for believers everywhere, not just those who are here now, but those who are coming. And I pray for their families in Jesus' name. So that's something people can start doing right now. Then the second thing is um, I've been working with attorneys, 
um, a web designer. And so things are coming together. It is just amazing how God is providing resources. But this particular foundation is going to be geared toward large donations. And so many people are like, oh, Janet, I want to help. But one, we got to finish getting the 5013 status. And then two, what God has put in my heart, Morgan, is to fund projects at $10,000 each that will have a very narrow focus on ways to foster um, unity through love in the body of Christ. And you got to start somewhere. So here's where we're starting for the first year. I call them wounded and missing in action Christians. Um, I don't want to take up all the time. Can I, can I have five minutes? Well, is that too long? Oh, please. No, please continue. So there were things God showed me years ago that I did not really understand until after I said yes to the John 17 Foundation. One thing years ago, I had this like vision. I don't know what else to call it, but it was as far as the eye could see, there were wounded people. And I knew that they were Christians. And it was so pathetic because they were trying to fight, but they were on the ground and they were just wounded. Some of them had missing limbs. Um, um, And it wasn't gory, but it was just so sad. So, you know, years go by. I don't know what that was about. But then in around 2012, I saw this other vision and it, and excuse me, the phone, I tried to, I thought I had turned it off, but it's still ringing. But I saw this other vision and it was, um, um, it was like this big container and I saw new converts going in the top of it. And people were like, yeah, you know, new Christians, new believers. But from my vantage point, Morgan, I was able to see there were people dropping out of the bottom of the container and nobody knew what happened to them. Nobody went after them. They just were dropping out and they were gone. So the first year's focus is we want to come up with strategies and fun projects that will go after what I call wounded and missing in action Christians. We're doing a great job feeding the um, the hungry and housing the homeless and, and all that should continue. But John 17 is focused on self-care for the body of Christ to go after those wounded and missing in action Christians. So yeah, that's going to be the first year focus. Um, and so we're going to be geared up only to take large donations, $15,000 and above. And um, yeah, but people can pray, even if they can't give that amount. There are people who have millions of dollars. Uh, I believe that's what God has shown me. And they are going to fund the project because it's God's money. You know, he can use all of us as conduits, but everything belongs to him. So now I got to calm down again. Girl, I, you know what? 
I, I, I hope I, I hope you don't say, oh my goodness, Janet, don't take over the podcast. You're supposed to answer my questions. Okay, so I'm going to be quiet and listen for the next question. <laughs> no, I'm saying, oh my goodness, Janet, I want you to keep going. This is so powerful because and when you were sharing your vision about how uh, the people were were wounded and they, they were Christians, but they could they were trying to go, but they could barely keep going. I think the your first vision when you shared it, I could see it. I could see that. And and what as someone who has been to a lot of churches all over the country and has spoken to a lot of believers, I know this is needed because so often we're taught how to play church, and we as women specifically and specifically black women. We know how to keep pushing in spite of the pain, in spite of the bruise, in spite of the, the hurt, in spite of the lack of sleep, in spite of the, the broken limbs. You know, we're taught, oh, got to be strong, put your makeup on it, smile on it, and keep yes. it moving. And we can serve in the church. We can preach a message. We can get the people's food. We can usher. We can do all these things. But yourself might be wounded. And what's happening, what's the, the need is not being addressed. Um, and on, and we can't, God can't heal it unless we reveal it. And so often, and I'm so thankful for, for this foundation because so often in churches, we're not taught how to help wounded. We're not taught, you know, and uh, either you say the wound's okay and let somebody stay bleeding or you kick them out because they're wounded. And so then what happens, <laughs> you know? And so how can you be effective um, if you're not as, you cannot be as effective unless you can get the healing that you need. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm so proud of you for saying yes. And you're right. Everything belongs to God. And so um, was he, I always, always, I was always taught if it's his vision and he will provide the provision for it. And um, so that's the, that's the small thing. Um, to the Lord. So I'm excited about how this is going to really help the body of Christ. And it's time. Yes. It's time. Yeah. The time is now because the world needs Jesus and the, the way they're going to know him is through us. Yeah. And so for us as believers, we got to, we have to get the, the healing that we need and those that are wounded and those that are missing to help them get found and healed. So and, and can I add something, Morgan? Of course. My own daughters who came up, um, my my first marriage did not work out. Uh, and it was both of us. So it wasn't just him. But my husband, Fred, my second um, husband, he used to say, we still thank God for them because look at the beautiful children. So I have a um, stepson who is awesome. And I have and he had two stepdaughters. Uh, he didn't we didn't use the word step, but I'm just doing that for your audience for, for clarity. But my point is this. Some of the unbelieving world that is y'all aren't real Christians, y'all hate each other or, you know, things, you know, whatever, whatever the perception is, it's not just for the unsaved people we don't know. Some of the people we want to believe are our own families, our own loved ones. You know, they're part of that MIA. Uh, missing in action, part of the wounding. God brought me through, but I can tell you because I've talked to my daughters as adults. One, um, she'll be 38 
uh, next week. And, the, and they go like, mom, did you really have to tell our ages? Uh, but the other one's going to be 37 in August. They've seen stuff, um, Morgan, in churches, you know, because we were in some churches and people mean, well, I'm not trashing or downing anybody. I'm just saying some of the things that they saw made them not want to go back to church once they weren't, you know, in my house anymore. And it was hurtful and it was a surprise because I didn't realize until I talked to them how they look. In other words, they saw stuff behind the scenes or how people might have treated me or, you know, what the youth group would really do when they were by themselves and just different things. So I say all that to say this. It's not just us trying to do this for the other people, okay? Of course, we want everybody saved. But it's also for our own families. When my family and Fred's family saw how the church came together um, to comfort me and to give him a good home going, I'm talking about little Fred now, it meant something to them. And I'm like, wow, this is how the body of Christ is supposed to be. So thank you for letting me share that because it's not just the strangers. It can be people we love who have come to the conclusion that Christ isn't real because they haven't seen the love and unity and oneness um, demonstrated. That's powerful. And that's what the word tells us. I mean, literally, this is what the word tells us. They will know who we are by the way that we love each other, each other. Yes. And like we were talking about earlier how, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of fighting amongst, even amongst believers. But I'm believing that this will be something that the Lord will use to bring that unity about. I'm so excited. I really want us to have you come back on to give us that, like the progress report of what amazing things God is doing and how people can support. But I love what you said. And that's for everybody that's listening. One way that we can support is not just pray about yourself and your family, but pray for every believer, pray for other people um, as you're praying for your family too. the power of prayer. Um, and, and sometimes we do look at it. Oh, it's just a prayer. No, no, no. You're talking to God on behalf of someone else. That's a powerful thing. And um, I'm so thankful for you just illuminating, illuminating that for our audience and for me, just as a reminder of what we can do. How can people, you know, follow you? Are you on social media? Is the John 17 Foundation on social media? Or is there a website that people can, can check out? There is a website now. It just has a splash page now, but it has all the contact information and it's the john17foundation.org so just the way it's spelled out the the number 17 the john17foundation.org and that's actually live now okay wonderful wonderful and um is there an email of someone is there a way to contact you on the page okay perfect yes, yes wonderful absolutely and and that is yes. it's on the page, um, but that's, um, I haven't had that memorized yet. I, I have it here. Wait a minute. Let me make sure I'm giving, let me make sure I'm giving you the right thing. Um, 
John17Foundation at gmail.com. So just the way it sounds, the John17Foundation at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. Wonderful. I would highly suggest everyone go check out the website. Um, if you're one of those people where God has blessed your finances and you want to finance and support once they get their 501c3, to, to be one of those that contribute 15000 or more to support this great work that's being done. Or maybe God has given you something, a divine strategy on a way to bring the body of Christ together. So be prepared to, to share your vision and what God has shared with you with the John 17 Foundation so their advisors, their boards can, can take a look at it. But I'm very proud of you and I'm excited. Um, and there's so much more that I've... I feel like I could spend an hour or more with you because uh, I would love to talk about maybe next time have you on talking about even um, some of the, the the legal seminars that you're providing for people and, and, the and you know, people of all walks of life about the bereavement checklist and things that we really need to keep in mind. So maybe we'll we'll have to have you back. Does that yeah. sound good? Yeah. Okay. 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 Wonderful. Well, again, Janet, thank you so much. I appreciate your friendship and sistership. And um, I'm really, really excited about the next, this new season for you. And uh, you definitely are an evolution of a Black girl, trailblazer and history maker. Uh, So thank you. And for those that are listening, I pray that just, um, just as we heard today, when there might be something that seems like the end of the road, be okay with taking the leap and trusting God for your next um, because there is life after this. Amen. Yes. Continue to get better every day and we will talk to you next time.